are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. I started thinking about it in 2017, ultimately launched in 2018, broke a million dollars in revenue in 2019, now doing 24 million bucks in terms of run right up from 12 million just a year ago. Safety wing is digital nomad insurance, right? You go get it in an issue in Europe when you're traveling, it's a 2K bill. They've got you protected. They're hoping to build a global safety net, right? And really enable digital nomads to thrive and flourish wherever they are in the world. Last raise a $35 million series B in 2022 at a 195 million post called a 16x multiple looking to scale today with their team of 60 as they keep trying to build that. So my guest today is Sandra Rash. He's a co he's the co-founder and CEO of Safety Wing and host of Safety Wing's Building Remotely podcast. He got on how to build and scale a remote company. His educational background is in economics and computer science and previously was a policy advisor for the government of Norway working on their social safety net. He's also the co-founder of Superside, a platform for freelance designers. All right, Sandra, you ready to take us to the top? Let's go. I feel like I see that purple wavy super side logo all over the place. When did you leave that company for safety wing? Uh, so that was back in 20, 2017, 2018. Uh, but of course it's still run by my co-founders. So I keep, keep, uh, I get some regular updates and you know, it's, it's a great company. It's a great, and uh, they're doing really well. So where did you discover the problem that you're now solving at safety wing? Was it at super side? Yeah. 2016, right after Y Combinator, me and Frederick, uh, you know, we we both came from policy, so we noticed that the freelancers had this problem of income uncertainty and not having benefits. So we looked into providing benefits for the freelancers on the platform. We find that we found that nobody offered this, and we also realized why, uh, which is essentially that the internet labor market, like you know, it's global, goes across borders, but all the infrastructure that supports the labor market kind of works as if it's local. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of the infrastructure does, just doesn't work, right? So it's like, if you're hiring a freelancer from Guatemala, they will not qualify for your social safety net, right? obviously. So, uh, so yeah, so it has to be rebuilt in this global digital way. And that's what we set out to do. Interesting. So you thought was, you sense this was an opportunity. You leave Superside. You launched Safetywing. What year was that? 2017. 2017. Okay. And then I guess walk me through your first customers. Was it the Superside team or how'd you land your first customers? No, it's it, funny. It actually took me a couple of years to get to make the product so that Superside could use it. So, you know, we started out and we're like, I, I took my only experience, which was making the Norwegian social safety net. And the idea was, let's sit, make something like the Norwegian social safety net, but available on the internet as a membership. But we have to start somewhere. So let's like make one little piece. And then we kind of build out, you know, health, retirement, disability, you know, each part until we make a membership at the end. So we, you know, we, we talked to users and they essentially said, okay, health was the top thing. And then we, you know, we decided on this kind of influencer segment of remote work, which are the digital nomads. Um, and I knew that segment very well. It was sort of part of it. And uh, so was Saren Hans, my co-founders. So we made nomad insurance. Uh, and uh, and that was our first customers. Uh, that, however, didn't 
cover home country, so it couldn't be used by SuperSize. It was only when we two years later launched Remote Health uh, that we <laughs> signed up. You know where, the, where I discovered the problem, and they're you know now one of our biggest customers, SuperSize. Interesting. Okay, so so you're just to be clear, you're selling in these early days the digital nomads directly. So one-off, yeah. ten-dollar a month plans, or are you selling yeah. big enterprise packages to the operating company? Like the first thing you said, it's it's uh, it's directly to the digital nomads. Uh, $40, $45 a month uh, plan on a subscription. So they come to our website and they buy it. And the 2020 that we made this company option where, and that we did, we actually did that because we had so many requests to do it. So a lot of companies reached out and said, hey, this Nomad thing, the global health insurance, that, that looks cool. I want to buy that for my global team. And then we said, after we got that request a hundred times, we said, we, we, we got to build this. So we made a dashboard launched on 2020. How, how does someone right now might go, man, I'm a digital nomad. I totally understand. I don't want to pay Blue Cross Blue Shield 600 bucks a month. That only covers the US, but I'm in Chile and I'm in Europe all the time. How do I, if I get a cut in Europe, how do I go to Europe hospital? How does, how do you solve that problem for 45 bucks a month? Um, well, so we, um, the U.S. is an outlier on cost here. So, uh, and everyone who comes from a U.S. perspective always thinks that anything outside of the U.S. is like remarkably cheap. And, you know, that's a whole little, that, that's a whole little segment on its own, like why that is. Uh, just to drop the thing that I think is really missing from the debate that I've noticed making this product is that the medical provider networks in the U.S charge a very high price. And uh, internationally, uh, medical provider networks have char have no price, but it's like a majority of the cost of an insurance in the US. But that's, anyway, that's more of a fun fact. Yeah, like how do you use it? I'm in Europe, I'm, I'm using the US, but I'm in Europe traveling. I, I, yeah. I cut my toe on the beach. I need yeah. to go to the hospital and get stitches. Yeah. How do I use safety wing? You just, uh, so typically the user experience would be like this. You would uh, call or, you know, send us a message on, on the in the chat and be directed to a nearby hospital you know, and they, the hospital would bill us directly after, uh, never a private hospital. So, so that's, that's typically how it would be in, in another situation where you don't reach out to us, you would go there, then they might not be able to bill us directly because some hospitals internationally are not able to. So maybe then you would pay out of pocket and then you would go to a website and, and get the money transferred back to you after. So those how many people do that though. Isn't that like a bunch of work? I mean, do, do people actually do that? Yeah. People, uh, people do that. I mean, people use this whenever something happens. I mean, you, you get your money back. So why not? I just, I hear this all the time, right? I have to go in and like the bill at the, you know, the bill at the whatever for the medicine is a hundred bucks. And they say, yeah. oh, well, like we can't approve insurance today, but just send the receipt to your safety wing and they'll, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take the time to go to the safety wing website and upload yeah. the receipt and try and fight to get a refund. Like how many, how many of these have you processed in terms of G, like total dollar volume over the past 30 days? Uh, I don't have that number top of mind, uh, but I would say that, you know, here we're not unique compared to any other insurance company, which is that, you know, the scenario you're describing, it, it is true, right? And I might not do that as well. If I have something that is 50 or $100, maybe I can't even be bothered to, to, you know, upload the receipt and get the, the, the reimbursement. But that's not, I wouldn't, that's not why I would have the, the insurance because sometimes you have that thing that costs 2000 or maybe some, sometimes the other thing that costs 20000 or maybe you can't get the treatment without having insurance or maybe you, you need to be evacuated to another hospital. Like 
it's the more serious things where you definitely, you know, would use the insurance and mm -hmm. what that would be for. That said, though, uh, for that, like, just, you know, talking to a primary care physician for $50 scenario, we are making uh, later this year, uh, hopefully we'll be ready, something called like a saving card uh, so that you can pay then at the point of purchase with the saving card. So even if you're not referred there by us, uh, you don't have to pay out of pocket. And that, I think, will improve the user experience on that sort of scenario you're describing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you start you said you started pricing back in 2017 at about 45 bucks a month. Have you edited that at all or is today the average customer paying 45 bucks a month? Today it's 45 bucks a month. It was uh 35 uh when we started out. So okay. that inflation adjustments. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, um you launched obviously the team plan set in 2020. You're now scaling today. How many customers or how many seats? How many folks are protected by Safety Wing today? Uh Active policies like last month is uh, about 25,000. Is that your main, like, uh, I guess, uh, sort of OKR metric for the companies or something else I'm not asking about that, that you actually care more about? No, that's about right. So sometimes we count people and sometimes we count revenue. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just one is the other time's price. So uh, that's, that's that. And the other one is uh, NPS, you know, one to 10. Would you recommend this to a friend? Now, Sandra, if I, if I take 25,000, right, policyholders at 45 bucks a month, that would mean you're doing about 1.1 million revenue. Uh, the, the, so we also have another product that is higher priced, remote health, health insurance for remote teams and individuals. Um, so like those 25,000, a section of those is paying a higher price point. Okay. So you guys are doing more than, more than a million a month in revenue then? Yeah. That's about, great. Like twice as much. Yeah. We're twice as much. Wow. Okay. So about two million a month or twenty-four million run rate. Where were you exactly a year ago? So we can calculate growth rate. Uh, but we've doubled. So twenty twenty-two versus twenty twenty-one. I looked it up the other day. That's two x. Wow. That's incredible. I would think that a lot of your growth would have come from people wanting to protect themselves from COVID if they were traveling internationally, and that that has sort of died off. But you've been able to maintain growth. It sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, COVID for us was a mixed blessing. So one is we launched remote health right before it, which was amazing. And, uh, you know, everyone switched to remote. It accelerated the advent of remote work by five years. But two, digital nomads, first, it was very bad because a third of our customers evacuated and we we lost them. So oh. a huge drop. And then, but then come August in 2020, we had this massive growth, 3x in five months due to introducing COVID coverage, which is kind of like your point there. So uh, it, it, for us, it was like a mixed bag. It was like a roller coaster, uh, where in some cases, things became suddenly amazing. And then in some cases, it was terrible and existential crisis. And, and then it was great. Uh, so yeah, but you know, over the long run, what COVID did was definitely accelerate remote work, uh, which is fundamentally good for us. Sandra, you launched in 2017. How many years did it take you to hit a million bucks in revenue? Do you remember? Uh, we launched in 2018. So 2017 was just when I started tinkering with the idea. Okay. 2018 was when we launched. Uh, it was about a year, a little over a year. Yeah. So just call it 2019 then, but passing the million run rate. Very right. cool. What's growth look like? I mean, what do you do next, right? You've got a massive install base of 25,000 bucks. You can focus on upselling them or you can focus on doubling the install base from 25K to 50K. How do you think generally? You know, it's, it's both of the, uh, you know, our vision is to build this global social safety net, which is a massively more ambitious product. And uh, we definitely want to at some point upsell, you know, everyone, uh, part of our Nomad users to be like, hey, I bought this membership product, which is priced higher, but you get like way more stuff. 
Yeah. Way better. So, you know, that's, that's what, that's half of the answer. And the other half, but like in day to day, a lot of it is just focus on, you know, improving small customer fixes, improving, you know, the claims experience, like we talked about and, and scaling the growth channels, the ambassador program, uh, platform API. So mm -hmm. that makes tons of sense. Talk to me real quick about Cap. Have you bootstrapped or raised? We have raised, so we've raised a total of $53 million, actually quite a bit, uh, through a series of rounds. So we raised, we did Y Combinator in 2018, seed round three and a half, 2019, um, in uh, 2020, series A, 8 million, and now in 2020, series B, uh, 35 million. Sorry, that was 35 million in 2020? 2022. 2022, okay. Did you, were you able to sort of get that done before valuations compressed significantly? I mean, most people in the series yeah. B are selling like 10% of the company. Were you sort of in that same range? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no, it was like, it was, it was more, it was like, I might as well say it. I think the like post when valuation was like 195. I don't think I've said that anywhere else, but that was what it was. So. Sandra, we love that. Come on. We love, we love breaking news, break new data. That's great. Would you, <laughs> right. do you have any issues today of people going, shit, my options are underwater because valuations have compressed so much? No, no, no. We, we raised like things were already falling in April. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it was not like payday race. It was, it was like everyone was like looking, people are canceling meetings. It was already, it, it was, it hasn't fully taken the plunge, but it was plungy environment when we were <laughs> it's, it's the first time I've heard that word, plungy environment. That's good. And look, we can back that up with data, right? You were doing about a $12 million run rate and the 195 post would be 16.2x multiple. I'd say that's fair. That's not crazy. No, it's, it, no, it was not a crazy multiple. It was, uh, it was within normal. Like, I remember when we started thinking about the fundraising in 2021, I heard this from this so much where I was like, okay, 10x multiple. And then someone was like, no, no, it's 100x now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Well, no, it sounds like you've done this in a very capital efficient time, gotten crazy, which is great. Um, well, listen, we're, we're out of time here. I guess before we wrap up with the famous five, if people want to learn more about safety, where can they find you? So if you're a nomad or you have a remote team and you want to offer them benefits, you know, go to safetywing.com um, and definitely also check out the podcast, Building Remotely, where we trying to build a knowledge base on how to build and scale a remote team. That's great. And real quick, team size today, how many full-time? Uh, 60. 60. How many engineers? Uh, 20. That's great. All right. Famous five here. Number one, favorite book? Beginning of Infinity by David Deutsch. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Sam Altman, OpenAI. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building safety wing? Uh, probably Teamflow, which unfortunately is getting that sold, but uh, it's our virtual office software. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight. That's good. And situation, married, single kids? Married uh, with uh, wife is just pregnant. Oh, congratulations. That's extremely exciting. All right. Kid on the way. And how old are you? 36. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. To go straight for the thing that I most wanted instead of like kind of like a learning path. Guys, there I have it. I started thinking about it in 2017, ultimately launched in 2018, broke a million dollars in revenue in 2019, now doing 24 million bucks in terms of run right up from 12 million just a year ago. Safety Wing is digital nomad insurance, right? You go get it in an issue in Europe when you're traveling. It's a 2K bill. They've got you protected. They're hoping to build a global safety net, right? And really enable digital uh, nomads to thrive and flourish wherever they are in the world. Last raise of $35 million Series B in 2022 at a 195 million post called a 16x multiple looking to scale today with their team of 60 as they 
keep trying to build that net. Sandra, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Peter.